when we first moved to Amherst, I was enrolled in Marks Meadow Elementary School. There was no bilingual education, and so I was on my own, and I was learning English, and I was learning to socialize in this different context, coming from playing with chickens in my backyard and doing a lot of outside play with my friends in the neighborhood in Puerto Rico to being indoors, to being, you know, sort of more protected at home and to a very cautious form of parenting in the U.S. given the fact that we didn't speak the language, given the fact that we um, didn't really have very many friends, we didn't have a support system in the way that we had it in Puerto Rico. So I was on my own, and I was um, feeling very isolated, I remember, and I was trying to learn English and trying to make sense of of what was around me. And I remember I had very long, flowing hair, and one of the ways I started to make friends was to let the girls in my class braid my hair. So they would brush it and braid it and style it. And we couldn't talk, um, really, but there was a lot of physical activity, and that was very intimate. And um, and so that's how I started to make my first, my first set of friends, is letting them braid my hair. I've made friends from all over the world in high school, and I made friends that came from all kinds of backgrounds, single moms, um, lesbian households, um, friends who grew up with just their father, friends who were in adoptive families, friends who were transnational and third culture, who were born in one place, grew up in another, lived in a different place. A level of diversity that really helped shape and inform my worldview about what it means to be a multicultural person myself. On the other side of that, we were very working class. My mother was on federal assistance for some of that time and then was able to have a full-time job after she got her degrees and had a, a, an income that, that was at least kept us off of welfare. Sometimes we found ourselves in very loud places and we had to move right away because you know there were a lot of parties happening in the house. And then other times we found ourselves in, in wonderful apartments, but we had to move because we couldn't afford, afford it a year later. So there was a lot of mobility within the community for us, and I got to know the different ways in which one can live in Amherst. I also remember feeling embarrassed about the fact that we had an old car, we didn't, I didn't have the clothes that my other friends could afford, we didn't vacation, we didn't go to camps other than the free camps that were offered by community centers. And so that was that was the shaming piece for me. Um, my mother spoke a different language. She had a thick accent when she spoke English. She didn't understand a lot of the cultural sort of norms. And so whenever I had friends sleep over or stay over at, or visit us at the apartment, you know, she would not behave like I would want her to behave like a traditional sort of normative American mom. And I would get embarrassed by things or, you know, she would cook something that my friends didn't like. And and so I would get very embarrassed all the time. And so there was some shaming there that I acknowledge now that I imposed on myself. I think that people were more open than I gave them credit to be. It was important for my mother to leave the island because 
she was so immersed in the political climate and in the political activism and in the arts movement that she felt that it was hard for her to get any distance from either my father or the activities that he was involved in. She also needed something new in her life and the opportunity for professional development, the opportunity of an education, and the opportunity of greater income. My mother enrolled at the University of Massachusetts. She shared a home with two other single mothers, and the mothers shared an income, they shared a car, they shared responsibilities, childcare, and everybody's paycheck together paid the rent. Everybody's paycheck together the following month paid the groceries. And, and this was ongoing for a couple of years until we were able to get UMass family housing. And so we qualified for federal assistance and other kinds of opportunities that were in place at the time in the early 80s for single mothers that are no longer actually, you know, in place today. So my mother got her bachelor's and her master's degree at UMass and went on to be a teacher in the local school system as well. My father continued his music career uh, until he gave a concert here at UMass and came to visit us. And when he saw us, he realized that he really missed us and wanted to be more involved in our um, everyday life. So he made the very difficult decision as well for him to um, leave the band, leave the music career in Puerto Rico. He moved to Holyoke and became a very committed advocate and community leader. And my parents, being so young when they had us, really inspired and, and brought about a lot of family support. And yet when we moved to the town of Amherst, by my mother by herself, it was different. So the support that she received was from places like the Survival Center, uh, from places like um, the Amherst Public School System, the community centers in town. I did miss that more intimate level of support that you receive from family, from cousins, from friends, and being able to spend the days at the beach where everybody brings food and you spend sun up to sun down on the beach. Uh, these things were no longer happening. Instead, we would go to Mill River Park and have barbecues, and we would invite extended family and friends that were visiting in the area or that were living in Springfield or New York and do our best to create a family atmosphere. But it didn't match the level of intimacy that, that happened when we were in Puerto Rico. I very much missed the heat, the warmth, the level of personal contact that you have with strangers on the street in the Caribbean. You don't see that in New England as much, and you don't see that as much in a college town where everybody's rushing, everybody's running, and there's a sort of a speed to life. And you it makes me laugh to think about Amherst as a speedy place, but in comparison to the slower pace that you see in the Caribbean and that you see in Puerto Rico, it really feels like a speedier place here in New England. I began to feel more connected to the community through activism. Amherst is a very liberal place. In the early and mid-'80s, there was a lot of activism around the Cuban embargo. There was a lot of activism around um, various political climates in Latin America. And my parents, both my mother in Amherst and my dad in Holyoke, got very, very involved and involved us in it. And so we were going to rallies and protests 
organizing community meetings, and I got very involved at an early age in these things. It helped me find a place for myself in Amherst, and it helped me believe that Amherst was a place of hope and of social justice. And the idea that a small town in New England could actually have global impact was really exciting to me, thinking that we had left Puerto Rico at such an important political time and thinking that that was not going to be possible in the U.S., and yet it was in a small town in New England. We were involved in the first set of organizing of the Puerto Rican parade in Holyoke. My dad was on that organizing committee. And I remember the very first one happened sometime in the late 80s. And my dad was performing. My sisters and I would sing background all the time. And that was really exciting. And I could see all the Puerto Rican people gathering and, and other people from the community who were not necessarily Puerto Rican. And that felt home to me. I felt, okay, there's a piece of me that's here. This is a community that is welcoming us, even if it's culturally and not perhaps linguistically, but um, accommodating for us culturally. 